Hi, and welcome to the At Your Peak Fitness and Wellbeing Podcast. Thank you for listening to At Your Peak. If you enjoy this podcast at all, please share this with someone you might think can benefit from it. As a coach, it's obviously my mission to educate and help as many women as possible to feel their best, to feel fitter, to be stronger and lose weight. With you sharing this podcast with just one person can really help me to achieve that. And you never know, it might be really beneficial. If you want to let me know how you find this podcast and have any suggestion on how to improve it or any suggestion for future topics, please let me know in the comments or leave me a message on my social media channels, which you can find in the description. Today's episode, we're talking about supplements and we often get asked in the gym, what supplements should I take? How many supplements? What are the right supplements? So I thought I'd get Joe on the podcast, who is part of our gym, but she's also in her life a dietitian. Joe, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. It's nice to join you, Catherine. So, Brilliant. Yeah, I'm Jo and I'm a registered dietitian and a member of the British Dietetic Association. So yeah, looking forward to talking to you a little bit about diet and supplements. Brilliant. Yeah, Jo is much more qualified in doing that compared to me just because, um, yeah, as a fitness professional, we can only advise about certain things, but we actually can't describe and because we just don't have enough knowledge. This is why I thought I'll get John here, who is much more qualified than me. So tell me a little bit more about um, uh, supplements. So what kind of like role do they play in women's overall health and well-being? And how do they differ from getting nutrients through kind of like our diet and the food we eat? So firstly, we want a well-balanced diet. So we really want to take everything that we can from the food that we eat and having a well-balanced diet. So the most studied diet that we have is the Mediterranean diet. So thinking about those five portions of fruit and vegetables a day, mm. all the color, so eating a color of the rainbow, so all your purples, yeah. reds, oranges, making sure that it's balanced in terms of protein, carbohydrates and fat, and lots of whole grains. Again, in the Mediterranean diet, you'll see lots of um, pulses, lentils, mm. nuts and seeds, and um, olive oils, so like the healthier fats rather than lots of saturated fat, and again, a lot of um, protein coming from seafood and fish. So that's the ideal, really, is that we'd get all of our Funny. nutrients from the food that we eat, and that we'd look at our diet as a whole, to make that well balanced and say that every mouthful of food you eat, it counts. Yeah. Um, trying to reduce that sort of junk food so that your food is really full of really good, healthy nutrients for you. Yeah, so really making sure and asking ourselves really, is this fueling me like with good nutrition and with good wholesome food, Yeah. essentially. Yeah. Brilliant. And that, that, that suits you to be healthy for today, but it also protects your health long-term. So it's protecting you against heart disease, cancers, strokes for your future as yeah. well. And I think that it's all, we, we always think very short-term when it comes to food. So we're just putting it in our mouth and asking for kind of like instant gratification. We think this ice cream or this burger is like, oh, this is really good. And I want to have this instant kind of like, yeah, gratification that I'm eating this, but then long term it's not always necessarily good for us, obviously, 
Absolutely. Little treats in between should yeah. be doing, but... So the balance of good health has yeah. those foods in there, but they're the smallest part of your, your diet and they're the smallest part of your energy intake. And yeah. like you said, changes and habits are hard, and that's where your behaviour change and attitude to eating comes in. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And are there uh, any natural food sources or dietary adjustment that uh, can provide the same benefits as certain supplement then? Yeah, so if we look at something like calcium, we want 700 milligrams of that a day as, mm. a, as a woman, and you can get that from your diet. So mm. if you're taking dairy products and cheese, uh, whole meal bread has calcium in it, white bread has a little bit more. doesn't necessarily mean you need to eat white bread, but our diet is contributing to calcium. Mm. Um, so for most nutrients, as long as we're eating a well-balanced diet, then we can get all the nutrients yeah. we need. Once you start cutting out food groups, that's when you might find that you start lacking things in your diet. Yeah, yeah and that's a really interesting one because we often, as fitness professional, get to hear a lot about guilt foods that people are guilty about eating and one of the groups is either fat or carbs yeah. and I always tell my clients you need carb but it's obviously different if I take that from sugar or if I take that carb from something like whole grain rice or bread and stuff like that that is kind of like releasing but we need it to kind of like feel energized to be able to to function really in a in a productive way absolutely so we talk about sugar as being empty calories yeah. so if you take sugar and sugary drinks they don't contribute any nutrients to your diet they're mm. only contributing energy whole grain products um are contributing b vitamins mm. and they're also contributing fiber for a good gut health yeah so carbohydrates are not the enemy that they're always made out to be in the media but you want to make sure that they are the whole grain ones and that they're part of the balance of mm. your diet yeah and it's part of the whole picture rather than just seeing seeing something how much carbohydrates would you suggest people in their diet as a percentage of their so as a percentage if you're looking at your plate then you're thinking about maybe a, a half of your plate being uh, fruit and vegetables yeah. and then the other uh, a quarter of your plate being protein and a quarter of your plate being carbohydrates so rice pasta yeah bread couscous it's actually quite a bit and if you also think that some of the vegetables will have carbohydrates as well yes. then that would be sufficient and actually more than most people think we need yeah yeah brilliant it's the fuel that we run on and especially when we're talking to people that are in the gym with us you need a carbohydrate to mm. fuel your training yeah so we can say without any kind of like doubt that we can actually we don't actually need supplements if we eat a healthy balanced diet obviously unless you have a certain condition which pre prevents you from getting it or, or absorbing it in Absolutely. a certain way so the one exception is vitamin d in the uk most of our vitamin d is activated in our skin and in the winter months we probably don't activate enough of it in mm. our skin so 10 microgram supplement a day for people living in the uk um over the winter and autumn months you might need it during the summer months mm. if you're going to cover your skin or we are much more um, sun health aware. So yeah. factor 50 sun creams and covering up um, in terms of bone health, vitamin D is really important. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Oh, that is an interesting thing. And, and I didn't know that as well, asking, so if you do sun blocker, that would stop preventing activating vitamin D. So even if you're out in the sun in the summer and put a lot of blocker on it, yeah. uh, sun blocker, still take your vitamin D. It will reduce your vitamin D. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a that's a good to know, especially but in the summer month now. Yeah, keep wearing your sunscreen though, because it is that important. protects you against uh, skin cancers. And from a, an aesthetic point of view, we know we don't want our skin to age quickly. No, so wear no, sunscreen. no, there was a really interesting <laughs> Um, kind of like picture the other day where I thought um, how skin actually ages and we're going off topic a little bit but there was like truck drivers uh, and they saw like kind of like their one side of their face was much more wrinkly than the other because it was much more exposed mm. to the sun so I found that really kind of like hitting home again um, as well so um, in general obviously if someone doesn't eat as healthy and struggles with some maybe they don't like certain foods groups or um, they struggle eating the vegetables um, which we have a few women in the gym that actually are not great in eating their vegetable is there any specific supplement that women over 30 should consider incorporating in their diet so if you're concerned that you're not getting enough in your diet and you're not in the right place to make those changes to get it from your diet then you need to look at where you're going to buy your supplements from. So mm. it's an unregulated industry. So what it says on the tin doesn't always mean that's what you're going to get. Oh, excellent. Because yeah. if it is a medicine or a pharmaceutical, they'd have to be um, quality checked and mm. supplements don't. So your supermarkets, well-known pharmacies, uh, make sure it's a, if it's online, again, that it's a reputable source. Uh, you don't want to be wasting your money. Yeah. How about getting it from the internet, but not from this country? So supplements from the States or something. Is there anywhere you need to be aware of? You just need to check that it is an actual company. That okay. It's got good reviews, that you know where the supplements are coming from. Mm. Have a look at the reviews from the site. And just okay. if you're not sure, don't do it. Mm. Um, stay away from single supplements. So don't take... Um, vitamin C and then uh, calcium and yeah it all can be together all, all separate because you're much more likely to take mm. too much of something so a multivitamin with some minerals in it so like your copper zinc selenium mm. as well so a one a day A to Z supplement making sure on the in the packet have a look at the label and check that nothing exceeds the recommended daily amount oh that's interesting can you overdose actually from vitamins and what is kind of like so you can the water soluble vitamins like vitamin c and uh, the b vitamins we tend to excrete in our wee if we don't yeah. need them so that's but not a problem if you eat no, too, much. too much um but the fat soluble vitamins get stored mm. in your liver um, mm. and if you take excessive amounts of them then that storage goes up and it can impact your liver function and again, uh, cautious for anybody with liver disease or kidney problems. Okay. Because again, that's one of our main ways of ex excreting mm. things from our body that we don't need. Yeah. Is there any terms that we need to look what is a minimum should be in there to be justified as a good source of vitamin or so supplement? What we need to remember is that a supplement is supplementing your diet. So it's not replacing. Yes. <laughs> It doesn't have to necessarily have a minimum amount in because it's on top of what you're already eating and drinking. Yeah. But that's why we don't want it to anything to exceed 100% yeah. because you're going to get those nutrients from what you're eating and drinking as well. But there are certainly nutrient deficiencies that mm. you see sometimes in this country. But mm. as a whole, if you're eating regular meals yeah. and you're getting your energy in and your protein, you're unlikely to be too deficient in anything. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, you don't need to look for a minimum amount per se. Yeah, okay, that, that, that's good to know. Um, we were talking about earlier, and that was kind of like offline, is there any difference kind of like what we need to look at in ethnicity? Because sometimes we hear certain um, ethnicity groups struggle with things differently. Is there something that we, you mentioned vitamin D earlier? Yeah, so vitamin D is activated in our skin and the majority is in our diet as well from things like eggs and margarines and some oils. Mm. But again, they're the things that people are often avoiding. avoiding. Um, the darker the tone of your skin, the less activation of vitamin D you get in your skin. Oh, so okay. um, people with a, a dark tone skin in the UK might find that they need to take that 10 micrograms all year round. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, another patient group, not patients, I'm not at work, <laughs> another client group um, that uh, might have different needs, uh, we're talking about a female gym, so anybody that is looking to become pregnant yeah. has a higher need of folic acid, so you want to start that before you conceive your baby as well, and yeah. then for the first 12 weeks. And if you already know you're pregnant and like you haven't prepared for it what do you do then then you start taking, taking it straight away grams of folic acid and you keep taking it yeah so brilliant. if you haven't taken it already don't panic but start taking it and be very cautious of any vitamin a supplements in pregnancy as well okay so no of them or just no vitamin a supplements in pregnancy okay yeah. oh that's good to because know that can be um, harmful to the development to the baby. baby yeah is there anything else is there anything around um, for pregnant women, because I, I'm conscious that my pregnant woman or want to conceive uh, are on this podcast, is there anything that they need to consider um, of maybe adding or maybe not eating and therefore maybe they don't get something that they normally would get through their fee food? No, so folic acid um, is the main one that you want in pregnancy and just being mindful of your vitamin A um, because you don't want to take too much of it. And then it's the same really, that mm. healthy balanced diet. Obviously, if you're pregnant, you're going to reduce your alcohol intake, hopefully, um, and, and maintaining being active through pregnancy. Yeah. You want to stay strong. You don't want to gain lots of weight. Mm. The eating for two is a myth. Yeah. You don't want to be eating for two. Yeah, you, in, you do increase your calories or do at maintenance because you don't want to try to lose weight. While it is, so you stay at maintenance, and then I think as a fetus gets a little bit older you increase it yeah. but not by 500 not by 1000 and not by no. 2500 but more by 300 uh, calories you don't want to be losing weight in pregnancy um but you you don't really need an energy increase until your last three months your last yeah. trimester of pregnancy yeah exactly so for everyone who listens to us and was uh, pregnant really make sure you still stay at maintenance and fuel your body correctly and keep and stay moving really i think that's um one of the most important ones um there are some rumors going around actually on pregnancy and protein um is there would is it something that for, for me as a fitness professional i would say like yes get protein in because obviously it helps the fetus developing bone teeth and so on and so forth um but you, you want pregnant pregnant ladies need protein absolutely and you have a an, a, a, an extra demand to grow that extra tissue there was some research done a number of decades ago they, they thought that giving pregnant ladies high protein diets would mean that they had good birth weight babies 
they actually found the opposite. Okay. Because protein um, makes us feel full, it causes something called satiety, so fullness, and then maybe those ladies didn't actually eat as much. So they actually found that women on a very high protein diet had lower birth weight babies. Oh, okay, but it's more due to the fact that they didn't eat enough rather than... Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure what the exact mechanism was, but high protein isn't needed. Um, you just need to have the, the normal so range. Plate of 50% of your plate is going to be fruit or vegetables, yeah. and then the one quarter is your protein, Clean, and one yeah. quarter is your exactly. carbohydrate. And that, that is something um, that we should still keep doing, right? Um, so, um, are there any potential risks or side effects associated with certain supplements that we should take? Um, as we talked about overdose, you can't really do a lot of overdose. Is so, there anything other... So the overdose is more of a concern in the fat-soluble vitamins, yeah, so we saw A that. Mm. Um, and E, um, anybody that's got health problems around their liver or kidneys where they might not be able to excrete yeah. any extra um, supplements, they should probably go and speak mm. to their doctor or medical team first. And then anything that um, some of the supplements might have uh, magnesium and things in which can sometimes cause a bit of tummy upset yeah so taking too much of anything is a bad thing uh, if it's a fizzy tablet so yeah. um, I'm not going to name any brands but if it's a tablet that fizzes in water it's going to have a lot of salt in it ah interesting so you might be better swapping that to yeah. a, a sol solid tablet to swallow yeah. because we don't want too much salt in our diet. In the UK, generally, we all take too much salt yeah. um, and that's, that has a risk for our heart health as well. Is it also kind of like for energy drinking tablets that you have? Probably, yeah. Um, with the energy drinking tablets, if they're an electrolyte replacement one, then often you actually want the salt in that. So if you're doing okay, long-endurance um, things, so if you're on your bike for three or four hours and you're really sweating, then having salt in those effervescent tablets for that is it's a good. good thing. Yeah. If you're not doing a lot of endurance, long-intensity or hot-weather training, then you yeah. probably don't need that extra salt that you end up with in the fizzy tablets. Yeah. So... When I go in the gym, I'm sweating a lot, so it, it might be a good idea. <laughs> But depending on uh, where that is. Now, we said, talked a little, we, we slightly gone on that, but um, there are so many supplements on the market. Kind of like, is there anything in supermarket? Like, is it okay to just go in the supermarket? Or do I have to go into kind of like a pharmacist to get the best that is relevant for me? They will all vary a little bit from packet to packet. Mm. So you can have a look and have a little compare. It will yeah. tell you per tablet. There is not necessarily any benefit over something that is very expensive compared yeah. to okay. the supermarket own brand or the pharmacy's own brand. Okay. I think that is there's often kind of like some marketing behind it, which sometimes... Um, These companies are... Uh, there to make money and the more they can sell you oh no yeah <laughs> absolutely um in which situations would you um recommend a blood test or consulting a health care professional when starting a new supplement you need to have a think about why you're starting the supplement so if you know it's that your diet's a bit poor and or you're mm. going away and maybe you're going to be restricted for a while then you 
perhaps mm. don't need to do anything. If it's a long-term problem, then go and speak to a healthcare professional because there could be other factors in play. I think we all live busy lives and we mm. think, oh, I'm tired, but it's okay because I'm not sleeping or I'm doing this, that and the other. But if it goes on for a long period of time, go and speak to your doctor because it mm. might be worth the test to just check that you're not developing diabetes or a thyroid problem. Mm. They will probably look at some extra things as part of that overall health check and then you can take any deficiencies forward from there. Yeah, what I see or when I speak to not only kind of like clients but also friends, they feel like, oh, I don't get a blood test for my GP or I don't want to go with that to the GP because they are so busy, the NHS, and and really, I don't want to go with this little problem to it. I'm, I'm not seriously ill. What would you recommend for them to be saying? I would say that, that is exactly what your GP is there for, and we know that the NHS is under pressure, but your GP is your point of healthcare, and they want to know if you're not feeling well. Mm. Um, if you send off to a private lab for some blood tests, they might not be looking at the whole picture. It mm. might not be a trained medical profession at the other end that is deciding what to test for and giving appropriate feedback. So if you need to go and see your GP don't shy away from them I know it can be difficult to get an appointment yeah but just but press in, for it it's important and we talked about maybe the younger people in the gym that might be um of, of conception age but as we get older as well we put things down to menopause symptoms yeah. and we put things down to being tired but again your GP wants to see you if you don't feel well because it might be that we're fobbing off symptoms Thims. that could be an underlying medical condition. Yeah, exactly. And you just um, spoke about, and we, we, I know we're doing next week a podcast about kind of like menopause, but is there anything that you would say to a menopausal woman what she needs to look out for in terms of diet and nutrition? Is there anything different from, from the normal recommendation for everyone else? So I'm going to sound a little bit like a stuck record, but that Mediterranean <laughs> diet, again, yeah. is really important in menopausal women. Our oestrogen is protective of our heart. When we have our oestrogen and in menopause, that oestrogen starts to drop mm. and it changes how and where we store our body fat. And then that increases our heart um, disease risk. Yeah. So you need that heart protective diet again. Um, we can talk a little bit next week about uh, soya, caffeine and alcohol yeah. and things in menopause as Brilliant. well. Brilliant. Perfect. And we will do that. And it's essentially the same that I said like last week or the week before when I did my menopause podcast that the Mediterranean diet is the best overall really. Um, but sometimes sticking to that is obviously not for everyone, right? No. Uh, but I think you mentioned it earlier as well about we want the quick fix sometimes mm. we want something to be labeled and we want a magic pill to solve yeah. all of our problems and unfortunately that isn't available no um so the mediterranean diet uh, could in the long term solve lots of problems but it's not a quick fix no absolutely and i think as long as the food industry is obviously there to make money there will always be it will always be harder to eat a healthy lifestyle or um, as long as convenient is there, people will go to convenient as well. Um, how, and that is kind of like to, to wrap it up, how do you recommend women track their progress in making adjustments to the diet, but also the supplement regime? How do I know if it's working? You're going to know it's working by uh, one, being consistent and two, being mm. patient. We keep talking about there's no quick fix. So you need to track progress over mm. weeks and months. It's not going to happen over days. 
the scales can not always be very accurate for us so massive changes on your scales are going to show water moving around your body mm. or in and out of your body so that's not always a good yeah. way of tracking your progress visually is a really good way yeah. so having a look do you look different in photos do you feel different in your clothes mm. do you have more energy do you sleep better do you feel better in yourself mm. and is your training progressing they're all the things that you want to be looking at when you're tracking uh, your progress yeah and what about supplements um how long should i be taking supplements to know i should feel different is it a week is it an immediate effect so depending which supplement it is so if we're talking about calcium and bone health those changes again are over months and decades so looking after your bone health with a good intake of calcium to protect against osteoporosis as we get older, along with weight bearing exercise to keep our bones strong. Um, not something that you can track very easily. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with a lot of nutritional um, supplements that you can't track them. You can't visually yeah. see anything. So blood tests aren't readily available to all of us and are not necessary either. Mm. Something like vitamin C, it goes into your body and gets used very quickly mm. um, something like iron if you were taking that as a supplement it's quite hard isn't it that mm. takes weeks to build your red blood cells back up because yeah. that's the process of them being incorporated into the iron into your blood cells and it takes about 21 days for a red blood cell oh, to wow. mature um, so it takes a while to see those kind of changes yeah brilliant perfect thank you um, I, I know I said uh, wrapping it up but I, just one supplement I want to go into just because and it's not maybe that big of a discussion point in our gym but I know it is in the fitness tree industry in general creatine creatine yeah what is what does it do why is it so special and should we take it should we not take it so creatine is the most studied uh, fitness industry supplement mm. it isn't a dietary supplement so it's, it's not it's um, made of amino acids but it's a non-protein um, molecule and all the research so far has shown benefit. So there are very few side effects of creatine, um, but supplementation has shown um, improvements in training, improvements in training load and strength. Mm. And that's been across all studies done. Lots of the studies are done in um, athletes that are part of a team that are programmed yeah. and trained it, rather it's than in... professional as well. Yeah. Um, rather than us. <laughs> yes. But I, from the evidence that I've seen, I don't see why that can't be transferable to people mm. like us in the gym. Um, and the side effects are very minimal. So if it's something that you feel that's going to progress your, your training, training in the gym, mm. then absolutely yeah. give creatine a go. Um, we're going to talk about it next week, but um, I also heard creatine is quite good for menopausal women in terms of... Because obviously, the, as you train as a menopausal woman, you're muscles need a little bit longer to recover and um, and rest would that be beneficial potentially I think there's potential benefit and again as um, perimenopausal and menopausal women we're on the, the back foot so we're trying to maintain that muscle strength as we age we go through something called sarcopenia which is yeah. a reduction in muscle, muscle mass, mass and that can be up to 10% a decade um, which is a lot it is a lot it's a lot it does happen to men as well but we yeah. get the um short straw because it happens to us younger and it happens quicker yeah plus we have less muscle in the first place as women yeah. it's just a natural nothing we can do about it there isn't there isn't anything we can do about it um as part of the aging process we can't stop that but mm. being active 
resistant training. They are all things that we can do, do to maintain our muscle mass and our strength as we age. Brilliant. Perfect. Thank you so much, Joe. Uh, it was lovely having you on the call. It's nice to not have the pressure all on me uh, for the call. Um, is there anything you would kind of like to add or would like, if they have more questions, is there anything where a common website that is knowledgeable where they can trust the information rather than just googling and yeah sometimes there come things up and you don't know if it's the truth is there any some research-based yeah page that people can look up for what they need and stuff like that in terms of supplements so if you have a look on the british dietetic association website they've got lots of food facts so there's a, a section of the website that's open to the general public and that's a good source of um safe information uh, the British Nutrition Foundation website as well is also quite a nice source of information about um, food and life uh, through the lifespan. Yeah. So again, if you're thinking about your families and your partners, there's information on there for children and men as well. So yeah, have a look at those. And if you're really unsure, then if you're or if you have any health conditions, speak to your known healthcare team. And if not, then go and speak to your yeah. practice nurse, GP. Brilliant, perfect. And I guess we, what we can do is we can put the websites as a link into the um, into the information. So yeah, thank you, thank you very much, um, guys. This is it for us today. Um, but if you need help with anything we talked about today, or if you're unsure, drop uh, or drop me an email, and I can forward it to Joe as well. Um, and we are more than happy to answer all your questions. And otherwise, again, if you found this useful, please share it with others. Um, because it might be quite helpful for them. Um, have a lovely day and speak to you soon.